1: Brian, NBA preseason is back. It's the most exciting time of the year, isn't it? You know, you got guys playing so much defense. Then you got three after three after three. The Warriors had 69 threes last night in their preseason win over the Trailblazers. There were a ton of games yesterday, actually, that we can kind of just dabble into what actually did st- stand out because that's the thing about the preseason. You don't want to overreact, but you also can take some things away. It's kind of this like middle ground type of deal. But I'm sure we'll get into the individual performances that stood out, new faces and new places, all that fun stuff. We also had the NBA.com 21 22 GM survey come out, it is the 20th annual. And I'm sure that there'll be some feathers that are ruffled just from some of these results. There are a lot of results. I don't know if we're going to go through every single answer. But the ones that stood out, I'm sure we're going to tap into. And, of course, we had some more news this morning. We are recording on a Tuesday afternoon. DeAndre Ayton and the Suns, apart on contract talks, guessing the big man wants to get paid a little bit more than what they're offering initially here. And we'll see if something gets done there. But yeah, that's what it is. We're not talking about the Browns and the Bears this week, even though both of our teams won. So huzzah on that note, but no pipes for, for Brian this week. I know everyone enjoyed the beautiful serenading of Here We Go Again, uh, the Browns theme song that Brian, lovely, lovely, Voice came out there at the very end of last week's episode. Not going to go there this week, but I will say congratulations to Mr. Brian and Justin Fields on their, his first victory as a quarterback in the NFL and uh, Chicago bouncing back from what my defense did to them. But again, not going to go there. Maybe at the end of the podcast, we will just because Brian has, you know, for frustrations to, to unleash a little bit here with his football team. But Again, this is a basketball podcast, so we're going to talk about basketball. And yes, it's the preseason, but guys, we're off and running. We're off and running, and the uh, season is only two weeks away.
0: Am I banned from going into the city limits of Cleveland after my singing last week?
1: No, they'll probably embrace you because, I mean, honestly, your voice sounded probably better than half of the voices that we have here, especially since most of them come after the game or before the game uh, in inebriated fashion.
0: The sad thing is that I was not inebriated when I actually (laughs) tried to sing. I could have pawned it off like that, but unfortunately, I can't. Let's
1: get me really drunk. I don't know all the lyrics myself, too. And then we'll compare Sober Brian to Spencer, uh, who's hammered, singing here we go again.
0: The fun from part the is again. that like you kind of know the words and I had never even heard the song before and was just trying to go along with it. So
1: it was outstanding. We, clipped it. we well, really should have clipped it. I mean, there's still time. But well, I we can if I really want,
0: but you know what? The good thing is, like you said, you're excited about the preseason of the NBA. I'm excited for what's about to happen in two weeks from today. And that is the first game that counts. Like I will dabble with some preseason games. and This is the way I am in all sports. It's not just an NBA thing. Maybe I'll watch a little bit more NBA, but I don't put much stock into the preseason, and I don't like to watch too much because uh, I only like to watch stuff that matters. (laughs) And to me, a lot of preseason doesn't matter. It's funny because I know people watch like preseason, especially in the NFL, because they're getting ready for fantasy or whatnot. And I'm just kind of like, tell me when the games count. That's when I want to watch. But in the NBA, it it can be a little bit interesting because there is so much turnover year to year. And you want to see some of the rookies, you want to see uh, some of the different twists for uh, teams, you want to see different lineups, different things like that. So there are going to be some stories that will come out of the preseason this year. I don't know how much Really happens in game one, but I think as we get closer to the season, games four, five, and six, maybe those will be the more interesting ones. But regardless, they're playing basketball right now in the NBA.
1: They are, they are, and the the headline read for the Associated Press this morning: Raptors return home as Lowry makes debut in Miami. So we can just kind of stop, stop, you know, start out right there. Uh, Raptors back home in. I don't know how many months, you know, year and a half, whatever it was, but had to feel good at the Scotiabank Arena uh, for those fans there up north. Saw their team, you know, look pretty damn good. They look pretty damn good, ready to go. Uh energy out of the gate was great. Uh OG Ananobi, 21 points. Uh my standout guy was Scotty Barnes. He he looked interesting to me. Just watching the film. He wasn't doing anything like crazy athletic. He was he just kind of seemed to be in the right place at the right time. He was getting these offensive rebounds and turning them into second chance points for his team. And that wasn't even by him, you know, just going up and getting boards and, and putting it back in himself. He was getting he got offensive rebound on the baseline, found a cutter uh, for a dunk. Uh, got an offensive rebound, headed it off to Fred Van Vliet. In transition, he looked really good. Uh, he, he just looked like he belonged, uh, which is what you want to see out of a top-five pick, of course. But that was a really solid surprise, uh, just especially in the first game. He had 13 points, 9 rebounds, 6 assists. So, stacking the sh- uh, stat sheet real quick uh, for Scotty there. Precious Achua, another new face for the Raptors. This is somebody that we're probably going to see... I love the way that Iman put it uh, Iman of dishes and dimes a a great writer um even better podcaster. It's like the Raptors are just a bunch of limbs out on the floor, like they are just long, they have some really unique uh jackson Frank put it funky uh you know lineups they can throw out there, and they're up tempo and they're just they're just kind of fun uh and, and you know. It's not easy getting used to losing somebody that was a part of your franchise for damn near a decade. Uh, one who won a championship with you, um, you know, a lot of people probably, after last year's showing, probably were looking down on them a little bit. But you know, just the morale boost of being back home, they looked they looked really energetic, uh, happy to be there. And again, you don't want to you know take away so much from a first preseason game. But I think this will translate to the regular season, at least in the form of a fast start for them, because they're just so excited to be back in their own beds by their family, by their friends. And uh it's good to see.
0: And I think that's one of the things of a Nick nurse team is that they're going to be smart and they're going to play hard. And you know, you talk about guys being in the right position, especially somebody like, Scotty Barnes, who's, you know, his first NBA game ever. And I mean, that that's half the battle when it comes to a rookie. That's probably like three fourths of it is just kind of being in the right place at the right time. And that's got to be very, you know, intriguing, you know, when it comes to the Raptors. And I I think he's already like an interesting player because of the different kinds of roles. I think you can envision him playing because he could be all over the court, but you've got somebody like him and you mentioned a Chua and I think, you know, when it comes to the flexibility of the lineup of the Raptors and all the different things that they could do with the different pieces that they have, and yeah, they are going to be a little bit different, you know, but at the same time, they still have a lot of talent on this team, and they they have turned the page, and I'm curious to see how it all kind of fits and works because this is one of those teams that you could see them in a variety of, like, uh, spots when it comes to the Eastern Conference. Like I think they have enough talent where they could literally be like a five, six in the playoffs. And then if, but if something goes wrong, you could see them fighting for a spot in the play-in game as well. That that's kind of their range, I think, which is a uh, pretty, pretty interesting to say the least in that. And I thought it was very curious, even for the game one of the preseason to see a starting lineup that include Goran Dragic. And I kind of wonder, could this be where this team goes when the season uh, comes, is that, is that really going to be their starting lineup and they're already tinkering with, or you are playing with that and trying to get some chemistry going or is that just game one preseason? Don't look into it.
1: And that's the, the ultimate question. And I think that's, that's also something that coaches have fun with too. Uh, You'll see a a bunch of these starting lineups and (laughs) the, the joke. uh, I don't, I don't believe he played uh, in the Miami game, but like Jimmy Butler wasn't in the starting lineup for the heat. In their game last night, and it's a good transition because that's where Kyle Lowry is now. Um, by the way, not going to be able to you know go into this too in depth because I want to leave that to Mr. Nikias Duncan, who did an outstanding job of breaking down Kyle Lowry's first game with Miami. Um, just a couple of notes in this article you can find on basketballnews.com, by the way, the pace for the Heat in the first half when Kyle Lowry played, because he didn't play much of the second half. The pace in the first half for the Heat was 109. Last season, the Heat ranked 29th in the NBA with only 97 possessions per game. So that's an idea right there of saying, Kyle Lowry is going to push that ball. Whether it's off of a BAM rebound, whether it's off of his own rebound, he's going to get the offense to try to beat that that defense down the court. And I think that's going to be incredibly helpful for not only Jimmy, but someone like Bam Adebayo, who, as we know, is a great rim runner. He's good in the half court. Don't get us wrong. We love those handoffs to, to Tyler Hero. By the way, Hero looked really sharp last night um, with 29 points. Uh, but I think that those lobs going to Bam are going to be excellent. I think that... Lowry's going to have pull-up transition threes. Um, there's, there's a bevy of things that Lowry's going to bring to that team, uh, even with his age, you know, uh, to really make them faster and make them more deadly out in the open floor. And I think you're going to see a lot of those teammates of his, you know, benefit from it.
0: I'm not too worried about the age factor. It's it's just about staying healthy and the managing his minutes. And I think that's something that they're going to do. Remember, you're talking about the Miami Heat. This team put you on a scale and test you for your body fat every week. Okay, they want to. I mean, this is probably the most they're insane, yes. <laughs> in the entire NBA, and that's there. There has been some talk too that remember last year when they got Bielitsa, and we we're sitting going, "Why aren't they playing this guy? He's a pretty good guy, you know." I mean, it, it's too bad he didn't get to play, you know, with the Kings and whatnot. It's because apparently Miami didn't think that he was in good enough shape, you know. So, I mean, when you talk about the Heat, they're going to be fit and. You know they want to push the pace this year, and I think, regardless of age or anything, I think that's something he's going to be able to do. And like you said too, when it came to Tyler Hero, yeah, you don't you don't look too much into preseason game number one necessarily, but it is a good sign to see him coming out there and playing well right from the get go and shooting well and being aggressive. And you they're going to need him off the bench. They, they need absolutely. him off the bench, and, I mean, and
1: if, if he can just get you know, just even slightly back to the form that he was when he was in the bubble, like, that's a talented player.
0: He's the difference maker from them being a top-four team in the East to being a real title contender. He is, because I feel pretty certain about a lot of the other pieces, but Tyler Hero is the guy that can be that missing piece, especially when it comes to coming off the bench. If he, if he is contending for the sixth man of the year, then the Heat are damn good this year.
1: Yeah. No question. No question. Uh, A couple news nuggets from this game, by the way, Uh, crappy news nuggets, by the way, Uh, Trey young left the contest early in the third took a knee to the right thigh. Uh, It was just a uh, precautionary reasoning. I mean, it's the first preseason game for goodness sake. You're not going to even try and, and, and screw with that kind of, uh, you know, injury luck. Uh, PJ Tucker also left that game um, with a right groin strain. So, couple of rotation players right off the bat, and specifically for the Hawks, uh, you know, their MVP. So uh, keep an eye on that. Uh, a few other things, too, I wanted to touch on preseason. I was watching that Celtics Magic game, and it, that actually might have been my favorite one to watch. Uh, I didn't think it would be.
0: <laughs> I thought I heard um, you like chanting, Bamba, Bomba, Bomba. You know, well, extended. I did
1: love seeing Mo Bamba look like Mo Bamba from college. Uh, picking up where he left off uh, in the second half of the season last year. That was great. I want to know where he's going to fit in that rotation. Uh, and if he doesn't, then someone else should pick him up and try it out because there's still plenty in the tank there. And he is extremely young still. What
0: is he like 22?
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I wanted to, to comment on the the end of that game. It was very fun to watch uh, Aaron Neesmith making some some hustle plays. Uh, Romeo Langford, the way that he hit the go ahead triple with 13 seconds left was awesome. Uh, on the other end, uh, I, I did love, uh, you know, watching you know, Jalen Suggs, uh, you know, just go out there and get his first action in. Um, you know, there's obviously going to be some, you know, some adjusting to the level for him, uh, and we've Always talked about Orlando in that guard rotation. There's like seven guards there that they have to figure out which four are gonna play.
0: Seven guards um, and five but, centers.
1: Yep. <laughs> yep. So we'll see where that where that goes. But um the highlights in that was uh Jalen Brown had 25, Jason Tatum had 18. Uh we had a, another um you know big time performance uh for the Warriors. It was Jordan Poole with 30 points. And uh, the storyline in the Bay here is Otto Porter uh, looked really, really sharp um, with their, uh, with, with both units really. Uh, but he did come off the bench um, and looked really solid. I, I think that uh, you get, again, we go, we go back to this, but uh, you get an Otto Porter from, you know, three, four years ago then you're looking at a legitimate rotational piece there for the Warriors that can do damage on both ends of the floor. Uh, You know, we know he can really, you know, bother guys with his length. Um, He hasn't, he just hasn't been able to stay healthy. And that's really, that's really the story with Otto. But I think it's a really solid fit.
0: It's about him staying in shape. He's another guy that when you look at last year, I think the consensus around the league was that he just wasn't in shape. And even several weeks ago, when you talked to the Warriors, they had said, like, you know, he's still getting in that spot where he needs to be, and I think I think that he's recognized it as well and is taking it a little bit more serious, um, and hopefully he does. But, yeah, I mean, obviously, that dude can still shoot. I mean, he can hit his corner threes. He could do some other stuff, and if he gets in shape, and he needs to be, you know, regardless of what team, but especially with the team that's going to go up and down like the Warriors, then, you know, he can be such a great piece off the bench. And when you talk about Jordan Poole, we saw the improvement of him last year, and he was a guy that got it in that offense.
1: It was and, all after the G League bubble. Yeah. All the kid needed was some reps. And, and the thing is now,
0: he might be a starter. Ball. He might be earning himself a starting position with the Warriors, especially with uh, Clay, uh not playing to start the season.
1: Yep. Uh, while he's on the mend, that very well could be it. Or we'll see, you know, maybe maybe they go with familiarity with, with Iguodala. Maybe Porter cracks the rotation and they use Poll as more of a six-man type. Uh, this is what the preseason's for, to figure out what combinations work. Uh, Steph had 13 points, five rebounds, five assists. Um, the debuting Andrew Wiggins, who has gotten uh, vaccinated now, will be available uh, for the entire season. Uh, had 13 points himself, and he had a really nice poster. He had a poster... Uh, on, on somebody, I can't remember, but uh, it was a pretty solid uh, cram.
0: Was it as nice as Taylor Horton Tucker's poster that he did from almost the foul line?
1: I don't know if it was that nice.
0: That was pretty crazy. Well, that one, and then the Lakers uh, got smoked by a twenty-four-two run in the fourth quarter.
1: <laughs> that was the Sunday game. That was the Sunday game. Um, no
0: LeBron, no Russ, no Mello. Anthony Davis, I think, played for, like, eight minutes, I want to say.
1: Malik Monk played well. Um,
0: Malik Monk did play well. And that's, you know, that goes back to last week. Because remember, there's some people going, ah, are they got going to find minutes for Malik Monk. And I'm like, there's no way they don't. You know, I mean, there there is a big question mark, you know, when it comes to who's going to be the starting shooting guard for the Lakers because they have, like, five different choices. Um, and we'll see how that plays out. And apparently... With all this talk about, like, Anthony Davis starting center, right? He's playing a lot of center, right? It sure sounds like, you know, and they said, too, they, they've said, like, well, you know, depending on a matchup, there could be some nights where uh, he's the starting four. Well, apparently, there's starting to be some feeling around uh, La La Town that maybe it could be a little bit more often where there actually is another center and Anthony Davis is the starting four. And, but you know, when it comes to crunch time lineups and maybe when it comes to the playoffs, that's when Davis will play more center. But but I guess the, depending on who they're playing on a night to night basis, like that starting lineup, we either have Davis at the center or he'll play the four, depending on who they're playing. Like, like opening night, they're playing the Warriors. Okay. He's starting at center. (laughs) There's no way he's not against Draymond Green. But on the other nights, and this could be at least half, maybe two-thirds of the season, uh, somebody else would be starting at center. And there is some belief that that somebody could be DeAndre Jordan, which Hmm. I went from thinking this dude wasn't going to play. Where now, maybe now he's your starter. He might be the starter now. It doesn't mean he's playing a lot, it probably means he's going to play like 15 minutes a game. You know, if even that, because Dwight Howard is more familiar with coming off the bench, they like his energy off the bench. You know, they've done that before with him. Um, you know, and then Davis will play the rest of the minutes, you know, at, at center. So, who knows? I mean, that the biggest thing for LA that they have to figure out is like who is going to play and what our rotations are. And it's going to take them a little while to figure that out on both ends of the court, because, you know, their defense, not there yet. And it's something that Frank Bogle is, he's always going to downplay it going "Ah, We got some work to do, but I guess a lot of people are thinking like, well, their offense, they got to figure that out as well. Maybe that's where they're a step behind, but I think you're always going to be a step behind when LeBron James and Russell Westbrook are not playing. So you know I, I don't put too much into that game you know when it comes to i mean the stars on both sides uh, didn't play because the nets didn't play their stars either and yeah I, you and can't
1: it, even you can't even call that an appetizer like yeah, what, what's I mean, before an appetizer is it is that like the really crappy little tiny side salad moose that's boosh? like
0: yeah <laughs> something like that i mean when when hillbilly kobe's out there for 20 minutes i mean come on it's not a real game
1: Shout out to Hillbilly Kobe. Austin, I, Austin. I don't
0: even know if I'd want that nickname, quite honestly. God bless the kid, but, man, that's a tough one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's,
0: a, that, that's a tough one. But, I mean, it sounds like LeBron and Russ, three games in the preseason, maybe, maybe four, three or four I mean, out of six. They're just going to ramp them up. and yeah. it's And that's just the way that they're approaching it. And that's the way the Nets are approaching it. But then you look at the Celtics. That's not how they're approaching it. They're playing their stars. I mean, they played Tatum and Brown, you know, 20, 25 minutes, you know, in that first game. So, it, but you remember, you got a new coaching staff there. They're trying to implement a little bit of a new system. So, it just depends on each team. True,
1: true. Timberwolves I was looking at some of the, um, you know, the highlights from that game. Uh, something that, again, you know, when it comes to film and when it comes to actual X's and O's. No one's better than Nikias, And he was suggesting all last year that Carl Anthony Towns doesn't continue to drop in in pick and rolls. And that was an adjustment that Chris Finch made. uh, As we saw in the first game, he was staying up. He was hedging on his assignments. He was um, not allowing them to get to that in-between zone. And it worked. Cat looked pretty solid defensively. Anthony Edwards looked uh, pretty solid defensively for help. Uh, cat, he looked, he looked really solid yesterday. Uh, just looking through, you know, the video highlights, he had one where he actually backed down on, on Jackson Hayes and, and put him in the basket. Uh, I haven't seen that kind of aggression from cat uh, on the block in a long time. Um, and, and this is just the preseason, uh, so we'll, we'll see what that continues. You know, D'Angelo Russell had 19 off the bench. Uh, looked pretty solid. Uh, Pelicans looked god-awful in the first half, but the good news is for them is that Trey Murphy looked great. He had 21. Nikhil Alexander-Walker, somebody who's supposed to take another step this year, um, especially, you know, given playing time differences last year. Had 22. Hopefully there's more consistency in his playing time. Uh, I did want to mention, too, the youngest player in the NBA, Josh Primo. 17 points on seven of eight from the field, uh, for the Spurs. So you know, congratulations to him. I mean, I know it's preseason, but uh, there were primo chants going on around in San Antonio already, and it's October fourth. <laughs> like that's pretty crazy. Um, so so good for him on that one. Uh, a few other notes. I think, uh, you know, the the Clippers. How long have I been talking about Terrence Mann, bro? How long have I been talking about Terrence Mann? I'm telling you, that's another. Breakout guy, if, if you have a fantasy team, pick him up because he is going to produce for you this year. Uh, 12 of his 14 points in the fourth quarter as the Clippers ended up, uh, you know, rallying to come back and beat Denver in, in the fourth. And I was admittedly not up for that, <laughs> but uh, it was a 103 uh, 102 win for LA. And do last you think thing, the, too. I was
0: going to say, do you think the Sacramento Kings want to count the win against the Suns as a regular season game? Do they put that down as a W for the, you know, try to sneak it in?
1: They should. <laughs> they should. <laughs> Even though there was no Devin Booker, Jay Crowder or Chris Paul.
0: I'm so mean towards Sacramento.
1: You are. You're You're. You're too mean. You're
0: too mean, man. No, I'm not. Well, break out the cowbells then if you want to, you know, cry yourself to sleep. I don't know.
1: And then uh, the final uh, preseason game that I just wanted to touch upon here, uh, Hornets won over the Thunder 113-97. James Knight 20 points. Lamelo 15, 6, and 5. Um, Kelly Oubre also uh, was an injury in this, as we mentioned, uh, a couple injuries in the Raptors' heat game. There was an injury here, uh, Kelly Oubre. Um, again, precautionary, day-to-day, uh, lower leg strain. Uh, and on the OKC end, the NBA Academy graduate, the first, the pioneer uh, here of the NBA Academy and uh, Global Academy in Canberra, Australia, Josh Giddey, uh, 18.7 rebounds, three assists, had a nasty, a nasty pass uh, to one of his guys on the wing. Couldn't quite put it in for the three, but uh, I will advise you to look at that cross-court pass uh, with the left hand because it was pretty so it was
0: and the thunder would like that lost account against the regular season record um <laughs> so that way they can help with their lottery odds
1: perfect transition perfect <laughs> transition right um again as we record this on a tuesday afternoon there are only four games uh but one of those counts for my uh, hometown cavaliers so i will be tuned in for that they are taking on the new look bulls so yes, I'm sure. I'm sure we'll have plenty to say about that. Yeah, because
0: episode. that that's one of the most fascinating teams in the league, and how that's that's going to fit. You yep. know, and who what I'm curious, like who's going to start, and all the different things that go into that when it comes to their roster. So mm-hmm.
1: that, uh, I will be locked like, in big story. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yep, uh, Knicks hosting the Pacers, Grizzlies hosting the Bucks, and the. Rockets hosting the Wizards for your Tuesday games.
0: Are we allowed to cry when uh, Alex Caruso officially takes the court in a Bulls uniform?
1: He's taking the torch. Did you see the meme? I did. <laughs> He's taking the torch. <laughs> One goat to the other. <laughs> you know, it, it's crazy, actually, you know, and not to get too much into the Bulls, but, you know, my little brother was basically asking me all about the NBA yesterday because I haven't seen my little brother in a while. And, you know, he's like, dude, they have so many guards. They have so many guards. And I'm like, yeah, no. He's like, can't wait to see what Kobe White does this year. I'm like, well, do you think they paid Alex Caruso 10 million a year to have him sit behind Kobe White? Because I they don't did not. Know, I'm going to say, <laughs> and you got backups. You got, I mean, you can play him at the two, but you also still have, you know, guys like uh, Troy Brown Jr. And you have, um, you know, depending on, who else, uh, you know, cracks that rotation. There is an abundance of, of guards in there that I'm not entirely sure where Kobe gets most of his playing time from. Well,
0: they'd have to play Caruso at the two for, for Kobe to get some playing time. Yeah. And by the way, he's still out. Remember, Kobe White is still out with his shoulder injury, and mm-hmm. he's not going to be back until the middle of November. Correct. So he he's got another four five six weeks where he is out
1: right, and Patrick Williams is actually out too. Yeah, remember that. So so they're yeah they're
0: that's that's a big one. I, the Patrick Williams one is a bigger they're limp, injury.
1: They're limping in. Yeah. yeah,
0: because he's got a he's got a sprained left ankle, so you know he's going to miss the beginning of the season as well, and um, that's going to matter a lot more to me than than missing Kobe White just because of what you know Patrick Williams where he plays and kind of what we've seen from him so far and just kind of his growth.
1: Correct. No, I, I agree there. All right, Brian, we, we had nothing to talk about before uh, this came in. So we, we had the preseason games that we were going to acknowledge, obviously, but we had an annual survey come out, as I we said did. in the introduction and, and as I,
0: when it popped up, I immediately said, I think I know what we're going to talk about on the podcast today. So Thank here's l-
1: l- l- the formatting wise, I, you know, I don't really care. Um, I don't, and I don't think, you know, our listeners particularly care. But uh, if you just want to run through the ones that you think are the most, uh, the ones that stand out the most, or if you want to actually go through each of them uh, and then we can just kind of react to what our favorites are, it, it's up to you. But there were a lot of questions asked, uh, probably somewhere around 25 to 30 <laughs> by my count. Yeah. Uh, so if you just want to kind of go through and, we can just kind of discuss uh, on the fly, I, will, I suppose.
0: Yeah, well, here's some of the more interesting ones, obviously. Like, you know, they're surveyed. Uh, which team will win the uh, NBA Finals? The Nets' overwhelming favorite. And remember, guys, this
1: is this is general managers. These are executives um, yes. around the NBA. So this is yeah. um, uh, GMs all around the league uh, responding to 48 different questions. So 48, never mind, sorry. Um, general managers were not per- permitted to vote for their own team or personnel. Sure. And the per- percentages are based on the pool of respondents to the particular questions rather than all 30 GMs.
0: Right, because some might not have participated. Correct. So the um, when it came to who was going to win this year, the Nets, 72%. The Lakers, 17%. The Bucks, 10%. Wow. Yes, <laughs> And quite honestly, I'm a little bit surprised by that, just from the standpoint that... That's a
1: really lopsided number.
0: <laughs> it is, but, I mean, you got to look at last year when it was 81% thought the Lakers are going to win the title.
1: So does that so, mean the Nets aren't going to win? Because the Lakers didn't no, win the title No, I just mean year. when it
0: comes to lopsided. I mean, there a lot more people thought, you know, the Lakers are going to win. And, you know, they didn't, obviously, because they got banged up for one reason, and because, you know, the Bucs were awesome. Uh, Eastern Conference rankings, the who's going to win the East or who's uh, going to be the one seed uh, nets, 83% bucks, 17%. That will be interesting because some people wonder if the nets are going to maybe not worry too much about getting the top seed um, and make sure guys are healthy, you know, for the uh, post mm-hmm. in the West, 80% of the Lakers winning or being the top seed in the West. Second, The Utah Jazz at 13% and then the Phoenix Suns at 7%. No love for Denver, no love for Golden State, no love for Dallas there. I think the Utah thing is based on team chemistry and how long they've been together.
1: Yeah, and staying healthy too.
0: Right. The Suns are the one that's a little bit surprising. I thought they would have got some more votes there. Especially because, once again, with the Lakers, Are they going to be able to convince LeBron? Like, you got to take a couple games off here and there. You know? doesn't mean they're going to lose. It's all regular season stuff, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Who will win the MVP? This is close. 37% say Kevin Durant. 33% Luka Doncic. 13% for Giannis. And I'm going to tell you right now, that is a slap in the face to Giannis, okay? (laughs) A slap in the face. And I don't care if that dude won back-to-back and then people are like, ah, we can't vote for him this year. You can't have voter
1: fatigue on this. I mean,
0: come on, man. Did we not see what this dude just did in the NBA Finals? And, like, what is he, 25, 26? He's just now starting to hit his peak. Yep, 26. Come on. Um, And then right behind them at 7% are both uh, Joel Embiid and James Harden. And then I'll I'll run down this one, too. If you were starting a franchise today and could sign any player in the NBA, who would it be?
1: Hey, they took our question. I know,
0: <laughs> right? 43% said Luka. 40% said
1: Giannis. Wow. What's interesting to me about this is that there are votes for KB and LeBron, and I don't think they take into effect age.
0: That, exactly. Like, I guess they're only counting like,
1: well, here the way that like I was starting at, a franchise. Right, today. you're starting
0: a franchise. I would not take Kobe. I mean, I or, I mean LeBron. I understand that he's going to sell tickets and you're going to probably win some games that season, but you,
1: but you're not exactly having long term success here, right? If you like, started as an expansion, you're not going to win a championship in the first year. It just doesn't th- happen. <laughs>
0: yeah, like if I was going to pick like number three behind Luca yeah. and Giannis, it might be Jokic. Yeah. You know, because he's still you know, pretty young. There. Or let me mention one other one too. Okay. Okay. And, and I'll mention this because of basketballnews.com and our staff writers. Which player is most likely to have the breakout season? 17%, say Jaron Jackson, 13%, Anthony Edwards, Michael Porter Jr. at 10%. I'm surprised that he's not first. Um, Darius Garland and Keldon Johnson, John Morant, and Kevin Porter Jr. Each got 7%. Um, Has John Morant
1: not broken out?
0: I know, right? That's the kind of what <laughs> okay, I wanted to. And then, like, <laughs> other people receiving votes, Lamelo Ball, DeAndre Ayton, uh, Alonzo Can Ball. Ayton not break out? I know. Like, all, all these different nuns. The one guy that's not on the list. Is the favorite of basketballnews.com when OG and Anobi is, is nowhere surprising. to be seen on this list.
1: That is surprising. That's surprising. How is cat on this list? What is this GMs talking about? What do you mean, cat? It, it's not were you surprised it's by breakout players? Yeah. Not an Im- most improved player candidate. Come on. Like Lonzo makes sense, even though he's a little older. It, 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 that makes sense. But yeah. Was DeAndre Ayton just not in? The finals was has cat not made multiple all-star games like, i guess they, i guess they're talking has about john Miller. Morant not proven himself yeah. already like at
0: <laughs> i at guess the they mean from level. beginning to end of the regular season but i wouldn't i definitely would not put john Morant that you know um yeah. i was really curious too about like when they the best point guard in the nba discussion steph curry got 57 percent Lillard was 17. I was just surprised at what the difference was, but Luca, 13 percent point guard, and LeBron, 7 percent point
1: guard. Like, Luca also got vo- votes for best small forward. He in the got NBA. votes for every position. See, this is, I will say, this is where positionless basketball is so true. Like, yes. like best center. I was gonna, I was surprised Chris Paul was not a lot higher.
0: After yeah, because he was only at 7 percent for best point guard. Like best center was Jokic far and away, like 63% to 23% for Embiid.
1: I think that should have been a little closer. Uh, I do too, A little personally. closer.
0: And, and how about this one? This, this is really curious too. Best power forward, Giannis, he wins, he should, 63%. Okay. I would think Kevin Durant would be right behind him and close. And I think it would be very close between these two. He is not. LeBron James at 27% was second, and then Kevin Durant, third at 10%. Kevin these
1: Durant!
0: Lines are so,
1: these lines are so blurred. Like, how's Kevin Durant, the top small forward in the NBA, and then also the third best power forward in the NBA? How does that make sense? I mean, I know he could play the four. Don't get me wrong. Right. But, like, I feel like this could have been a little bit more
0: Like uh, I don't cut even and dry. I mean, I... I mean, at least he's number one in one position in the NBA, but I don't look at him as a small forward. (laughs) I look at him as a, not that position necessarily matters, but I look at him as a power forward, you know, kind of thing. But like, I thought what was curious though, was like how high they had guys like Luka and LeBron, like a point guard. Um, Like you said, when it came to best center, wasn't closer with Embiid against uh, Jokic.
1: Um, Surprised that Julius Randle didn't at least get one vote for power forward. Interesting.
0: Well, that's because he didn't play well in the postseason. It's true. It's true. How about which one player acquisition? I am not get
1: a vote for a center, too. What?
0: Didn't. Hell? What one player acquisition will make the biggest impact? Kyle Lowry,
1: 77%.
0: Russell Westbrook,
1: 17%. Shout out for Jonas valentunas getting a vote. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Good for JV. He deserves some love. Well, Denver got too, got a vote too. Yes. But that that's overwhelming.
0: And wow. and and by the way, most improved team, Bulls twenty seven percent, Warriors thirteen percent. I thought that would have been Warriors first and foremost by far because there's so many different questions about how the Bulls are going to fit. But apparently, a lot of the GMs around the NBA think that the Bulls, uh, they like the Bulls moves, and they think well, they, they were the loudest.
1: Perfect. Oh yeah, they were the loudest. How the hell did the Kings get a vote?
0: Because they're always so bad. And even if they win a few more games, it looks great.
1: I I mean, I love Davion Mitchell. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. like him, but.
0: Who will win the rookie of the year? Jalen Green, 47%. Cade Cunningham, 40.
1: Okay. See, that's what I like to see. A little bit more of a 50-50 split on them. Now, mind you, Cade Cunningham's already rolled his ankle. His ankle's already uh, a little banged up, so we'll see uh, how they treat that.
0: I think here's the better one, though. Which rookie will be the best player in five years? Evan Mobley, 33%. Cade Cunningham at 30%. Jalen Green, 23%. Jalen Suggs, 10%. And then right behind them, Davion Mitchell.
1: Somebody really likes the Kings because... Davion Mitchell also got a rookie of the year vote, but there's kind of this De'Aaron Fox guy blocking you. There's kind of Tyrese Halliburton blocking you, Buddy Healed, you know, and just maybe saying, they
0: believe one of those guys is gonna be uh, traded.
1: Possibly. I do like Al Perrin. Say- I yeah. like Al Perrin getting a vote for-, yeah. for rookie of the year because he just seems like he's fun. That that Rockets team will be fun to watch, even if they don't win that many games. I think they'll yes. be fun to watch.
0: Biggest steal in the where they were selected in a draft, Jalen Suggs at twenty-three percent. It makes sense. Uh, yeah, um, who is the Look best? Shen got player? a vote there too. Look yeah. at that. Who is the best offensive player in the NBA? Giannis, 47%. Go Bear, second at 17.
1: That's a little surprising. Rudy, I mean,
0: Rudy will be uh, tacking that up in his locker.
1: It's, def- I guess, it is dependent on what type of defensive player you're looking for. Wow. How about but this one? best overall? I, I yeah. can see. Yeah, I can see it.
0: Best perimeter defender, best perimeter. Drew Holiday, 50%. Ben Simmons, 17%. Really? That's not closer? Ben Simmons?
1: Ben Simmons is a damn good defender.
0: <laughs> I was like, wow.
1: Hey, but Drew just won a championship. It's not surprising that yeah. he gets half of the, the votes there. Best interior J- Jimmy should defender. be up there, too. Yeah. Jimmy yeah. should absolutely be up
0: there. Best interior defender was by far and away Rudy Gobert, 77%.
1: OK, so and
0: then who the will be the best defensive team
1: versatility to yeah, that.
0: Yeah, Giannis got know. that one. Best defensive team in the NBA this season will be the Bucks followed by the Jazz. Frank Vogel is not happy to hear any of that. Um, best coach, Eric Spolstra, 55 percent. Monty Williams, 17 percent. Quinn Snyder, 14 percent. Pop. 10%. Budenholzer, 3%.
1: Coach Bud got a top five vote. Look at Coach Bud. Look, well, look at this, at, though. Look at this. Eric Spolstra also won that uh, uh, discussion from last year, too. Yeah. So.
0: But, I mean, that, that that's a lot. That's a really,
1: that's a, that really, mo- that's a, re- that's
0: a <laughs> Well, put Monty in second, and then Pop is down to four.
1: I'd probably, oh, best head coach in the NBA. I'd have to think about that one. That's. hmm there's a lot of very good coaches. In th- Can I?
0: I'll give you one more too, and tell me how you think people voted. I don't know if you've seen this one yet. Which team is the most fun to watch according to NBA GMs?
1: The Which most team fun
0: will be the most fun to watch.
1: It's got to be. I'm gonna say the Warriors.
0: They came in second. Okay. First would be the Brooklyn Nets. All right. And then behind them. Uh, tied for third, the Hawks and the Hornets. And then after that, tied Mavericks, Nuggets, Lakers, Suns.
1: Hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. And which team, I'll give you, this is the last one. Which team has the most promising young core?
1: I mean, we haven't released the round table yet uh, for this, but we do have this on the way. Yeah, this will be on
0: basketballnews.com, uh, but uh, the NBA GMs did theirs as well.
1: I think I think you have to go with either Atlanta or Phoenix.
0: They went with Atlanta. Okay. Uh, 50%. Then it was the Rockets in second and then third. They had Celtics, Grizzlies, Pelicans, Suns. Celtics? Yeah, I know, right?
1: I mean... It, it, what's your definition of young is your definition of young by age or is your young by experience? You know that I think that let's
0: ask AV on Mitchell.
1: <laughs> let's <laughs> let's <laughs> oh man.
0: Oh, I like, let me give you two other ones. Best, uh, which player has the best basketball IQ?
1: That's gotta Le- be LeBron. LeBron,
0: gotta be LeBron at 53%. Chris Paul, 30%. Uh, Luca, 10%.
1: Jokic probably got a vote.
0: He got he was in fourth. Yeah. And this one, which player would you want taking a shot with the game on the line?
1: Damian Lillard's got to be number one and Steph number two or something.
0: Uh Damian Lillard would be number three. What? Steph would be number two. Is number it one. No, it's KD. It's KD. KD. It's Kevin Yay. Durant by 41%. Curry at 24. Lillard 17. After that, Luca. And Jokic at seven percent, Kyrie Irving at three percent. LeBron got none, none. Anthony Davis got none, none. Russ got none, and rightfully so. Um, but yeah, that's KD makes a lot of sense there, though.
1: Oh well, how about this one? I, I think this is actually really. Uh, you can be constructive and um, kind of have a debate on this one, but I like this question, uh, John Schumann. Very well done here. What rule? most needs to change. Number Mm. one was take and transition fouls. 13%. Something that Jeff Van Gundy complained about all of last season. Right. All of last season. But I take a transition foul. So, for example, if your team bricks a three, the opponent gets a rebound and they have numbers in the open floor. You don't want to clear path foul, but if you get in front of them, you can intentionally foul and stop that other team's momentum. That's something that um, a lot of people don't like to see because it's basically like having an advantage. You basically get two points on the other end.
0: It's like a spirit of the game rule.
1: Correct. Yes. But we are seeing that more commonly. So that makes sense. Additional coaches challenge and keep it when they're successful. 10%. Making... Free agency before the draft,
0: 10%. I kind of like that.
1: Schedule. That's just in general, 10%. <laughs> just a schedule. Mm. Seeding the playoffs run through 16. That meaning elimination of conferences for seeding. So that'd be like, what, does the NHL do that? Or nobody no. does that not Okay. Elam ending, 7%. So we've got a couple of Elam ending uh, supporters in the GM circles. So that's interesting to know.
0: G, are you a supporter of that?
1: Am I a supporter of the Elam ending?
0: <sighs> I'm a traditionalist. Same with me.
1: But I think it's a good idea.
0: I don't like it, but I do like see I the scene. I love playoffs. how they did
1: it in the, in the all-star game.
0: Yes, I do. But I want to keep that for the all-star game. Because it's a little kitschy. Now, I, I, I do like the see the playoffs, though. That's the one thing that I could be swayed on, or I could, I would be for. That's not traditional. You'd have
1: five Eastern Conference teams in the playoffs. Earn it, then sucker. What's the end? The regular season's got to have some kind of value, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, I know.
0: I mean, I know. Hey, not to go on a tangent here, but look what's going to happen in baseball, okay? Because the Dodgers finished with the second-best record in baseball, I believe, or right up there. They're one game behind the Giants. They don't win their division. So now they have to play a game where if they lose, their season is over. They have to play a playing game, okay? But regular season games should count. They, 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 they matter, okay? They it's not just, I mean, that's the reason why you're playing them. And, you know, you could sit there and say, well, maybe they should you know, games at the end of the season matter more than the beginning. And eh, not always, you know, there's, there's gotta be some value on those two. And I like the idea of season playoffs one through 16. I, if you're talking about for the NBA too, and trying to get a little bit more interest in the league when it comes to the postseason, or people want to see something different. Yeah. Maybe you get away from some of those traditional matchups, but just think of the matchups that you could get during the playoffs, even in the first round and throughout. I think it would true. be fascinating. And if people want to talk about like, well, then we could get a true uh, championship series between the best two teams. This would make it possible.
1: True that also receiving votes. And this is funny because there's, there's quite a bit of, there's quite a bit of uh, areas covered here by, by GMs. And it, it actually kind of makes me laugh as I was reading through this agent and executive barrier needs to be tighter. Allow more bench celebrations. Make corner threes the same distance as above the break. Ooh, I like that. No. I like
0: that. I do not though. I don't want to make the court wider. Okay.
1: I I I, 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 I the the line would have to be like a square then or a rectangle. Well, the court um, already
0: is a rectangle. You'd be making it more towards a square. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Draft tiebreaker. Opposite of playoff tiebreaker. Not sure what that means. Encourage diversity of play. Mm-hmm. Not sure. Uh, in-season tournament. So Adam Silver has one <laughs> on board with him. So he, he Somebody did him a favor. Somebody did. Somebody did him a favor. But hey, this is anonymous. So lottery odds. So I'm guessing they just want to turn it into the NFL and do it by record. Um,
0: We've seen that happen in the NBA.
1: Somebody has some sour grapes here. Mandatory draft medical information. <laughs> mm.
0: I agree with that though.
1: Yeah. Non-basketball moves. have kind of already addressed that. So a little late to the party, whoever that GM is. One free throw attempt for a shooting foul. No. I also say no. I mean, I understand wanting to increase the speed of the game but basketball by far out of football and baseball is the fastest. So why do we have to concern ourselves with pace of play? Especially when they just fixed the rule where out of balance plays are not um, reviewable until like two minutes player trade demands. Ooh, I wonder who said that one.
0: Yeah. I I wonder who they were talking about there. He, who shall not be named. That's who,
1: (laughs) review time
0: totally that that bump that up that should be in the top five come on
1: shout out to the execs i, I enjoyed that i like that the miscellaneous one that one's fun yeah uh and i just have to mention this one because i think uh this is interesting uh player that's fastest with the ball uh deer fox 59 percent. john morant 24 russell westbrook still up there and ish smith got a vote so shout ish out to smith. ish smith he got more than one vote he got three percent yeah he got he got three votes is that how it works
0: well, he got three percent how of however many people voted
1: so correct correct yeah so who knows how
0: many maybe twenty six people voted
1: good for him yeah no but that that was the uh the g m survey so that that was fun to talk about um <laughs> uh, I really did enjoy the the rule changes one, though, because like I'm just trying to picture in my head who voted for this, like pair the GM. It's like the game. Guess who or or that like crisscross game that you did with the pen and paper and you had to to do the cross matching. It's like you put all the GMs there and you put uh, what was voted for and you try to cross them all over.
0: Can we guess what GMs we think did not take part in this?
1: (laughs) Uh, you can if you want. I'm not trying to get myself in any trouble. I'm not going to get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> um, other other news today, big news. We kind of we I mean, we didn't kind of cover. It. We covered it for a little while actually last week. Um, was that uh, Paul Gasol did in fact officially announce his retirement uh, today. That is Tuesday. So, um, congratulations on a hell of a career, there, Mr. Gasol. And the Lakers um,
0: did announce that they will be retiring as number sixteen
1: very well deserved rightfully so and uh just as a a quick little cliffs notes of of what I said last week uh so s- such a great career uh, a way of adapting to the game as he got older um thought that you know early on he was as athletic as any center uh that's that's ever come through um he had a deadly face-up game, amazing footwork in the post, a hook shot that was just killer. Um, and you know, transitioned into to shooting more as he lost a little bit of athleticism, but was still very effective. Um and uh it it sucks that he went out the way he did in the NBA. Uh probably should have retired a few years before, maybe like right after that last year in San Antonio, but you know you desire to keep playing and that's just what happens. But uh, congrats to, to big pal on that uh, incredible career. And I'm sure that he'll be either involved somehow with, with the NBA or, or with the Spanish national team or uh, with some teams in Spain that, uh, you know, in an advisory role or a coaching role or something, I'm, I'm sure uh, he'll find his way back similar to what Manu just did with the, uh, the Spurs, but congrats pal.
0: I totally agree, and I mean, I mentioned him last week about, you know, a guy that I, I really liked watching play, and I don't think gets enough credit, and you look at the accolades that he has, um, he's an incredible player, you know, and like you said, he was... The different things that he could do for a big guy. I mean, he wasn't going to necessarily be a three-point shooter, but he could obviously take the ball away from the hoop, and he could. He had some nifty moves around the rim. I think he was a better defensive player than a lot of people even remember, and uh, he was a guy that could run the court as well. And once he got to L.A., he was already a good player in Memphis, but I think he got unlocked even further because he did get pushed, and a lot of that is because of Kobe and I think Phil Jackson as well they, they wrote him <laughs> and I'm sure he was pissed about it <laughs> a lot of times, but they made him a better player and they made him uh, a lot more of an emotional player, a fiery player, and a guy that you could really see, not that he wasn't playing hard before, but you knew he was playing hard when he was with the Lakers and it, it, it really shone. And, uh, I'm I'm glad that, you know, um, people are recognizing him finally. Um, like i said i you, there's always regrets about somebody at the end of the career there was you know there was some talk you know even last year maybe the year before that maybe the lakers would bring him back in so he could retire with the lakers and it just didn't work out for whatever reason um but i'm sure that he will still probably be tight with that franchise um even though the way that he left the lakers franchise was not exactly the best either but he is best known for being a laker and uh, being a part of those two NBA championship teams. And I don't think he holds any ill will necessarily. I know that he loves uh, the city of LA. I think he uh, really appreciates the franchise and the ownership there. And, uh, you know, we'll see what he's going to do next. I I would be very surprised, though, if he is not involved somehow in uh, the Spanish league.
1: No question. No question. All right, Brian, we made it this far. You said he who shall not be named, but there is actually new news. There's there's new news, though, not involving him. Well, it is involving him. I thought you were going to say talk his name. about
0: DeAndre Ayton. Come on, man.
1: No, we, we we can we can get into that, but we have to bring this up. We have okay, to bring this up. Mm-hmm.
0: So you're going to use a code word for him? We don't have to say his name, or
1: Ian Bagley uh, of SNY actually has some sources that are saying that in a potential trade for who must not be named of the 76ers, Karis LeVert was brought up in those conversations with Indiana, and Indiana was one of those teams that I think makes sense uh, for a Philly trade because they have, you know, a Karis Levert who really hasn't, you know, been implemented uh, as well as they probably had hoped, obviously, you know, coming off of the diagnosis and and missing time and then, you know, getting kind of thrown back into the fire, um, you know, complicates things, but then you also have to think about TJ Warren's around there and all that. So there's that. And then, I mean, what better for, Philly to try and ask for probably like Malcolm Brogdon or something, you know, like yeah. that, that's not in the report. This is only saying that Karis Levert was one of the, the players brought up in these talks. But um, I think that Malcolm Brogdon would be an amazing fit with Joel Embiid. Uh,
0: oh, I totally you know, agree. Like- and and I mean, the thing is too, when it comes to Indiana, so right now they're still waiting for TJ Warren to get healthy. They're not exactly sure when that's going to happen. Here's the question I would have, though, about uh, Karis LeVert. And, and I mean, very talented guy, but we saw him not fit in that well with the Pacers last year. Now, was that just him coming in in the middle of the season and them not having a camp, obviously, and not defining the, the role and all the question marks when it came to the coaching staff and whatnot there? Or is that something that we think could continue this year just because of what, you know, his best attributes are and do they really fit with that team? And if that's the case, would that talent fit better with the Sixers? Because I would almost sit here and say, if it doesn't work with the Pacers, I don't know how well it's going to work over there because they've already got Tobias Harris. And obviously the ball is going to go through Embiid. And Seth Curry. now,
1: Danny Green.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, they've already got some guys. Unless they episode. go back
1: in the deal. That's also right. the other thing, too. But, I
0: mean, but if you talk about Brogdon, Brogdon would be, to me, an amazing fit. Incredible. Amazing fit. Now, Brogdon and Levert combined, I mean, they make almost $40 million. And so, I mean, I think that trade would work, or maybe the Sixers would have to throw in a little bit, mm-hmm. just a small salary, but you're close. But, I mean... The Pacers would be taking on extra money, and they're in luxury tax.
1: So you really have to kind of dabble a little bit.
0: Maybe I I, I believe they're in luxury tax, aren't they? If not, they've got to be. Close. They, they they have to be. They have to be. But because I mean, they got three guys making over thirty million dollars. Um, so I mean, it could be a little more pricey, especially if you go if you're taking back more money. But you know, to get a Malcolm Brogdon to get maybe. Levert or another piece. Like, I mean, it's too bad Warren isn't healthy, and you don't know where exactly where he's at, because I could see a Brogdon Warren for Ben Simmons. Sure. Oh, you said his name. Damn it. <laughs> I'm going to have to beat that out. <laughs> beep.
1: beep. Um, according to, to Bagley, by the way, the Kings are also among the group of teams expressing interest in Simmons. Yes. Still still. I think that, so, that's that's so the they're deal. still there. Hey, the dream is still alive. I'm the dream is you, still alive. Brian.
0: Halliburton healed, pick, calling into the commission. Come on, let's just call get it over it. with.
1: Got it. Got it. Um uh last point and then uh we'll get out of here. You did want to talk about DeAndre Ayton and the Suns being a part um the report from Woge this morning uh is that the Suns are hesitant to offer the Bahamian big man a full max rookie extension so
0: wait a second are you telling me that the phoenix suns are having thoughts about paying a player no not the phoenix
1: suns Never. come on this is a new suns though this is a new sun is robert i know Starver that robert is, still is still there he's
0: still the owner right okay just want to make but sure they've got to pay michael too and guess what else they have to do they have to pay DeAndre Aiden the max because that's what you do in the NBA. Look, the Nuggets have already set the precedent worse. Okay? They did. They, they did, did. The, the because Murphys- they gave Michael Porter Jr. the max. Yep. And he, he was a guy that wasn't even a starter for, a, you know, half of the season. Okay. So guess what? They have to pay Aiden the max. Okay. And it's not just a pure stats thing because he puts up good numbers, but it's a lot more than that. And the different things they, that don't show up, you know, on a stat sheet. But he's a max player. You know, in today's NBA, for everything he does and what he means for that team, he is a max player. And that's just the price of having a contender in the NBA these days. And if you want to keep him, you want to make him happy, you got to give him the max. And I don't blame Aiden one bit. And I don't think this has gotten nasty necessarily between the two sides. But I don't blame Aiden one bit for saying, no, I'm not taking anything less than the max. That, that, yeah. that, that's the, you, we were away. just in
1: the finals,
0: right? <laughs> like. I mean, you look at the nuggets. I mean, they got three guys now that are maxed. I'm like in the Suns, I've yeah, used, gave the money to Chris Paul, rightfully so. I mean, you wanted to do it. You guaranteed all four years for Chris good for them. And yes, you have other people that are coming up um, and, and you've already given Booker a max as well, but Hey man, you, you got to take care of your big guy. You're going to yep. have to.
1: Uh, great job here by the Hoops Rumors team. Uh, they have put the 18 players that are still eligible for rookie-scale extensions, as we do talk about DeAndre Ayton. Um, so we have Ayton, we have Mikkel Bridges, we have Miles Bridges on the Hornets, Kevin Herter, Jaron Jackson Jr., Colin Sexton here in Cleveland, uh, and Lonnie Walker. You have Grayson Allen, Troy Brown Jr., Wendell Carter, Dante DiVincenzo, Aaron Holiday, Landry Shamet. And Anthony Simons. And then you also have Marvin Bagley, Mo Bamba, Kevin Knox, and Josh Okogie.
0: Those last four will not be getting extensions.
1: I know. And it's crazy too, because Marvin Bagley has, you know, shown more talent than those other threes. But we just know where things stand with him in that organization, just even based on public, you know, pub, you know public yeah. uh, standings. And He's a
0: guy that you wonder like, <laughs> He's he needs a different team and Changes he needs scenery. a new look. He needs a new everything just from that standpoint. And it doesn't mean he's necessarily, he's going to be a star in the league, but he kind of needs like that, that second start, kind of a do over someplace to see what we can get out of him. And, and like you said, he's got a lot of talent. It's just, I don't think it's ever really going to blossom there in Sacramento.
1: So who makes the most money out of those the uh, these these seven their top extension candidates according to hoops rumors, um just their list not it should be but um, both Bridges Herder, Jaron Jackson, Colin Sexton, Lonnie Walker and Lonnie Walker to me I don't know why he's up there because I don't know what the Spurs feel about Lonnie Walker right uh and I think he's also primed for for losing uh, some minutes just based on their roster but um out of those seven.
0: It would have to be. Wait, name them again.
1: You said you said and You think's gonna make the max eventually. Aiton the, should the get Suns the max. Are yes. gonna budge,
0: and then right below both bridges. That, right,
1: Kevin Herder, Jaron Jackson, Colin Sexton, Lonnie Walker.
0: I'd say Jackson and Sexton would be right below that, just short of the max.
1: I think so too. I think so too. I don't think that either of them are gonna get the rookie max, even though. I mean, Michael Porter Jr., that deal probably just drove GMs bonkers. It's <laughs> like,
0: yeah, nuggets it set the they market. Probably expected it, but at the same time, it's just like,
1: Holy the nuggets moly. set the market. They went all in, you know, but that still affects how much they have to, you know, pony up for these guys. So,
0: yeah. We'll I mean, it, what was it, five years, 207?
1: Yep. Big, so, number, big number for somebody. Who, so
0: if you're Jaron Jackson Jr. and you're Sexton, you've got to be thinking 30.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: At least. Oh, yeah, you
1: got to be thinking a, a real solid number, especially when you have the production to match it. Well, I, like, think,
0: McH- I think McHale Bridges is probably around 25. He yeah. sounds like a four-year 100.
1: Yeah, at least. Yeah, so. These numbers, I mean, everyone gets mad, like, there are a lot of people like just like that don't pay attention to like the figure figures and stuff like that um, or, or the numbers and the, and the games. They just look at the stats and all that stuff. And it's like, how is this person making this much money? I'm like, trust me, that's going to look like a, a, a steal yeah. in about two, three years. Cause but there's I mean, going to be guys making 50 million something dollars. Yeah,
0: well, yeah. Especially after the next t- TV deal. But Like, hey Bobby, I'm sorry, man. You're enjoying the sun in Phoenix, but um you want a contender, break out that checkbook. That that's just the way that it goes, man. You you paid two guys right now and you you got two more that you better take care of with uh some you know fat paydays.
1: Just sell off that gold chain that was on the airplane, you'll be good.
0: Exactly. That's all you get. I'll take care (laughs) of it. That's all you
1: gotta do. All you gotta do. Well, I think this was a very productive episode of Keeping It 94. Brought to you by the basketballnews.com podcast network. We've got other great ones for you to listen to. Not limited to the Rex Chapman show with Rex Chapman and Josh Hopkins, Neat and Unfiltered with Kenyon Martin, Dishes and Dines with the Ladies, The Rematch with Atan Thomas, The Dunker Spot with Nicaeus Duncan and Steve Jones Jr. They're back. They just had their latest episode. The Alex Kennedy podcast and The Follow Through with Clips and Drew. And of course, NBA Top Shot Weekly. They just did a Top Shot birthday show. It was Alex Kennedy and Oliver Maroney. So make sure you go listen to that. All that good stuff. Leave a comment, like, rate, review, subscribe. Do all that good stuff. Do the same for us. So we can grow this thing going into season two here almost. Almost. Uh, But really happy that uh, preseason action's back. Meaning that the season is right around the corner. And that. I can continue to talk about my brownies, who are three and one, and uh, Brian's back to five hundred. He should be very happy, very happy with that. Even sure, uh,
0: I'll be happy when they fire the coach.
1: He's got some coaching, GM issues going on there in the fire. That guy,
0: he's been there too long.
1: (laughs) Enjoy the preseason as it continues, because it will not be over by the time we record our next episode. But um, yeah, until then, be sure to visit basketballnews.com. Absolutely have to check out the 2022 NBA draft big board that Matt Babcock and his team have assembled. We're already looking forward to, to mock drafts, guys. Um, it, it's not in order. We don't know who's going to be picking where, but we do have a big board out. And they've done a terrific job. Matt Babcock, Derek Murray, Doc Martin, Jason Flippy, and Blake Hairston have done a tremendous job of putting together their top 60 prospects. The 30 uh, in the first round all have profiles uh, attached to them with, with breakdowns and analysis. So make sure to check that out. It's the best you're going to find anywhere folks. So uh, be sure to check that out features and analysis, film breakdowns, all that good stuff. You can find it on BasketballNews.com. You can find me on Twitter at spin Davies. You can find me on Instagram at spin Davies. Find Brian at, at Brian Fritz on Twitter and at it's Brian Fritz on Instagram. I am going to check out Cleveland and Chicago. By the time this is over, we'll see how that results. And there are three other great games to uh, come here on a Tuesday night. So uh, until we talk to you next time for Spencer Davies and Brian Fritz. So long.